The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here comes pressure, throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. for a first down. Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. Keenan Allen for the touchdowns. Throws and again it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another one. Oh, watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of it on national television? You're listening to the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. Woo! We are back. Close game. What an insanely close game. Oh my game. god. Like, not going 0-3 is such a big deal for your playoff hopes. Like, I think the Chargers are the only team to start 0-4 and still make the playoffs. One of very few teams. You get to that 0-3 and, and, dude, like, it just doesn't happen very often. Bad teams lose three in a row. Chargers should have lost this game and should have been 0-3 if it wasn't for this this uh, this lucky play in the end zone. Dude, football's back. and Chargers Football's back. Charger football's back. My blood pressure is as high as can be. Um, one and two it's, is a lot yeah. more appealing than 0-3. But man, they this team can can put you on a ride. Um, <laughs> nothing yeah, ever dude, feels like, safe. Even up twenty one ten cruising, um, you never feel safe as a Chargers fan. So, but we're back. <laughs> this is what we wanted we all off season. Hey, and one thing I have to talk about—it's gonna be one of the first things I talk about. Justin Herbert finally throws for over four hundred yards. I've been talking about this for years, like years. They have it. He hasn't had a 400-yard game passing. Finally eclipses it. Personal record for him. Uh, Keenan Allen had set career highs. If we would have done all of that stuff and still lost the game, like, God, I, that would have drove me insane. We finally got a 400-yard quarterback. It took, you know, four years. But we're here. Justin Herbert's a 400-yard quarterback for the first time in his career. And it's crazy to think based off of like all of the other accolades he he has been able to, uh, you know, put up over the th- first three years. The fact that, you know, leader in, in uh, passing yards um, and passing touchdowns, but not a single 400 game. It's just kind of interesting. It's just that consistency. He just consistently throws up 300 um, yard games. And honestly, if I'm going to continually to. I am continually getting 300, 350 yards from my quarterback. I'm okay because that consistency, I think it is way better than a 200-yard game here and then a 400-yard game there. It averages out at 300. That's nice, but the dude is so consistent. So it is nice to to have him um, have a good day. I, I thought at times that passing game was absolutely on fire. Um, Keenan was cooking. Mike Williams was off to a, a career year to start the, the year. 86 yards per game was on an absolute tear. Uh, and then unfortunately came up with that funky little hurdle at the end and, and tore his ACL. So he's out for the year. So 
It's just those painful pain. That's all I feel for that is pain. It oh, sucks God. to just get ready for an entire season. You go through a training camp, you go through the whole off season of just getting your body right. And then your, your entire year is done. It's terrible to see something like that happen to a, a player who's really coming into his own as like a legitimate superstar. This was finally be reaching the too. peak of what we drafted him to be. And then just injuries are just cutting it away. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike's resilient. We've seen him bounce back from injuries before. Uh, but you, you, you're, you're, you can't help but feel, you know, defeated for the guy uh, with all the work he's put in to recover from the last one. And he was on an absolute tear. I think Kellen Moore was using him so well. I think we were primed to uh throw him into you know the top 10 top 15 receiver conversation if he was going to be able to continue um the pace he started the season so so unfortunate um but you know we, we've dealt with key injuries uh last year it's all about how you uh rebuttal how you come out and, and deal with that um so it'll be interesting to see how how this team kind of rebounds from uh, an absolute playmaker a leader on this team um going down you know early week three the good news is we have the depth to overcome this. I'm not even worried about it because now that he's out, we're replacing him with Quentin Johnson. We also have Jalen Guyton getting ready to make it his first game of the season. This should will be the last game he has to stay out. He was put on preseason IR. Jalen Guyton's coming back into the fold, and he was the, the Chargers' primary deep threat for the first three years of his career. A big reason why Justin Herbert hasn't gone for over 400 yards is because he hasn't had guys that can take the ball to the house, right? Mike Williams has been the, the guy to catch the ball on a little drag route and then, you know, run for 40, 50, 60 yards. But that's not his style of play. That's just getting him out in the open field and letting him take off. And he doesn't always finish those runs. That's the biggest issue we've had with the Chargers and why Justin Herbert hasn't gone for 400 because he's had a nickel and dime for those 300-yard not very many home run plays that I can even think of. And Jalen Guyton is one of those home run guys who gets behind the defense and, and is really pushing the ball deep down the field. We also have Quentin Johnson, who's known for his rack yardage. He's going to take a slant or one of these screens to the house eventually. It's just going to happen. Wait. That's not going to be the only 400-yard game of the season for, for Justin Herbert. 40 of 47. I got to talk about this, too, because this drives me insane. I went over to PFF and I'm thinking, man, Justin Herbert's got to be in the 90s, high 80s, something like that. They ranked him as the 13th best passer last week. Gave him a 72.6 grade completing 40 of 47. He, they credit him with two turnover-worthy plays. I get the one to Josh Palmer. That should have been intercepted, falls into his lap for a touchdown, whatever, right? Like I get you take that one play away. And then the other one that I'm assuming that they are, are calling a turnover-worthy play was early in the game. He threw that little rub screen to Keenan Allen that bounced off of Keenan. Keenan should have caught that. like, And it popped up in the air. It was almost intercepted. Outside of that, he had two passes batted at the line of scrimmage. You're talking about a player who probably should have been, you know, like 42 for 47. Insane. Like, it's insane that they graded him so low. Three touchdowns making throws off platform like that touchdown to Donald Palmer, like right in his hands. That's so beautiful. That, that grade actually just actually infuriates me Um, beyond just the efficiency, beyond making 
tons and tons of plays, especially when we needed him to. The guy was blitzed like 38 times, like 38 of 47 dropbacks. Those there was pressure in his face all game. Um, and I I think that has to come into it. Like he had six guys rushing at him majority more than 85% of the snaps. So being able to put up that production, that consistency, yeah, he probably should have had that turnover. Uh, I still thought he played a phenomenal game, and for, for him to be ranked 70, just the 13th-ranked quarterback, there's no way there was 12 better quarterback performances uh, last week. I, I, I'm not buying it. It's insane. Like, that is that is an, an insane statistic for a guy who really had the best game of his career. Like, this was the absolute best game of his, his entire career. Chargers totally went away from the run, run game against mm-hmm. – a defense that's been pretty good against the run. And they they loaded the box. They loaded guys up on the line of scrimmage. They bring in six, seven guys every play. Justin Herbert's time to throw 2.2 seconds, which is the second or third smallest for that game. I'm trying to pull the stat up here a little bit differently, but I'm having trouble just putting it on this week. But I, it's insane like how great of a game he had and how low they graded him because he was – that's like the MVP type of game that you want out of the player. You couldn't ask for like, you couldn't ask for more out of the guy. Fitting the ball. Did you see the Donald Parham touchdown? The, the first one, the one that went through two players' hands basically, and it just boom, it was right there. Like that's that was such a tiny, small window, and it, the velocity and the accuracy to put it on on a needle. Basically, he threw that ball and it hit the needle and went straight through like that's perfect accuracy. And then the second one where he's throwing it off off the side with a guy like in his face gets mm. it to him. What a phenomenal game. Like we got to talk about how great that game was from him. No, I thought he was on. He's an absolute tear. Um, also, finally have an offensive coordinator who's able to utilize Parham's freaky size and mismatch ability in the red zone only got uh, two targets all day, but he made him count four yards, eh, but uh, 12 points out of it, two touchdowns. So finally um, the guy's too big to not be uh, looked at in, in, in there. So I, I love Kellen Moore. There's a lot more. Um, I've seen a lot more two uh, tight end sets. I've been seeing stone smart, get some, um, opportunities here uh Trey McKitty is getting slowly and slowly phased out it seems like Stone Smart really has enamored this um uh coaching staff he's doing a lot right behind the scenes um so I'm excited to see the development of that group and hopefully McKitty can get his his act together uh because you know a four-man group is it's just going to pay dividends in the long run and then we got to talk about Keenan Allen like what a phenomenal 18 18 catches you can't even use that against Justin Herbert just because he's throwing it to the wide open guy he's open Allen was just feasting he was just eating 18 receptions 200 and something a lot of yards like throws a touchdown like they utilize it so well perfect passer rating and of course I had to go look I'm like the uh Keenan has to be the only player in NFL history of 15-plus receptions, 200 yards, and a passing touchdown, right? He's the second to Jerry Rice. But, of course, Jerry has that record. Yeah, of course. Jerry's supposed to have that record. Also, uh, big highlight for Keenan. Um, beyond just a, 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 a tremendous uh, single-game performance, 
what a, a milestone to pass Charlie Joyner on that all-time Chargers uh, re uh, receiving list. Um, that is a, a tremendous accomplishment to, to that guy, uh, someone who lacerated his kidney early on in his career, who's always been slept on. Um, now he has a quarterback. He has a scheme that is is built around him, and he's absolutely feasting. If this year doesn't continue, if this if he continues this year at this pace, um, we have to start putting some more credit on this guy's name because he's been so consistent. Um, and now he's getting some shots, and now he's he's making teams pay for uh, their lack of disrespect. Or they're thirty one years old, thirty one years old, playing like he's like twenty four, like. 31-year-old players don't have games like this. And by the way, because I have to bring it up because I'm, I'm super salty right now, he was ranked as the 15th best wide receiver last week. Catches okay. 18 of 20 targets. 18 of 20 targets. What are we doing here at PFF right now? What are I we mean, doing? It's because we're not uh, – it's because we're 1-2 and two and we lost uh, – and we should be 0-3. Yeah. We start winning some they gave games. Pharaoh uh, Brown, they gave Pharaoh <laughs> Brown a 90 grade, and they gave Keenan Allen an 83. They just don't like the Chargers. Like they don't. But this we... is who cares? That's bulletin board material. Um, continue to keep up that production and start turn, turning out some wins. Um, you're going to see those guys start creeping up. But the, those are like the the, the Pro Bowl awards. Um, those guys went to All Pro. From their peers, they want the Super Bowls. Uh, those are all participants. I want an trophies. all pro for Keenan um, Allen. He still doesn't have one. I, well, let's go. Th this is his year. He he's he's on pace. Um, give him another two hundred, a couple two hundred yard games, um, and, and we're on pace. What is he averaging so far this season? So yards per reception, twelve point six, which has got to be like a high for him. Uh, he's got four hundred two yards in three games. I mean, that's phenomenal so if you just do that math real quick he's averaging you know 80 90 yards a game yeah back to back back to back games 70, over 70 over the century mark yeah keep it up got a Let's couple go, touchdowns but he's already got 32 receptions in three games he's averaging 10 receptions a game that's that's phenomenal and he still doesn't have an all-pro season. No, He's got I mean a those are thirteen hundred yards under his belt, but still no all-pro. Now that's an all-pro um, type of stat line, and I think what he has going in his favor. Um, I think all of the top, all of, in my opinion, the the, the standouts right now on in the receiver room are, are majority in the NFC. Um, love Devontae Adams, but he's frustrated. Uh, he has a, a worse quarterback. Outside of somehow. Tyree Kill, uh, Tyree Kill is killing. Tyree Kill's running away. Um, but the, but beyond that, um, as far as production goes, he, he's right up there with, beyond anybody else not named Tyree Kill, who's on a crazy uh, trajectory himself. But um, I, you're I, right. Cool. Like all of the top dogs are in an NFC: Brandon Ayuk, Chris Olave, Justin Jefferson, uh, Debo Samuel is up there. I'm thinking um, Smith, AJ, Brown AJ Brown is up there. Mike Williams is up there. Uh, all the, all the big dogs, NFC. Yeah. And so after Tyreek Hill, you know, uh, Stefan Diggs, um, but still not having the crazy year that he's used to. So 
Uh, hopefully Tyreek just kind of mellows out. Keenan kind of keeps his stuff up. Stefan kind of has a, a just not a superstar year. Um, and, and Keenan's right there in that conversation. But a long, long way to go in the season for, for us to be having that conversation. But, hey, you got to bring it up now because he's leading the NFL in receptions right now. Second to him is Puka Nakua, who is, looks really, like, really, really good. Like, Puka, yeah. Puka's a dog, bro. I like Puka. Yeah, he's been fun to watch. Him and, him and your dude, uh, Kyron. I have uh, both of those guys in a lot of fans. Kyron Williams. I'm telling people, man, Kyron Williams. Telling everybody, pick him up, pick him up, pick him up. And and now that they traded away, the Rams traded away, they, they got their guy. Kyron's a, a beast. He's a stud. So offensively, the Chargers were able to, to really move the ball at will. A uh, couple just like three and outs, just kind of like on and off the field kind of quick, which isn't great. The defense is still looking abysmal. At the first yeah. part of the game, though, I felt like they played super physical, super, super physical. And then in the second half, it just seemed to like that. Just I don't know. Like Derwin James goes out with a hamstring injury. Yeah. Kind of changes your dynamic a little bit there. Um, I, no, I thought, JC like, Jackson hiding out his, uh, you know, issue for a, a warrant. Um, Staley said that he didn't, he didn't know. Didn't but show like, up to a court case, but I mean, in in some ways, I kind of understand it. He's in California; is he has to go all the way to like New England or somewhere yeah. back east. Just make, but make a call though. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, either way, yeah, make a phone no call. Get, Jackson, get an extension. Derwin drops um this defense is is becoming an absolute problem because you talk to staley like oh yeah i don't i i I play i play light boxes my defense is all around uh limiting the explosive pass then do that do that he's lead he our this defense leads the league in explosive passes given up we have given up uh every game 150 yards to a single receiver uh this is Whole offense is about designed around not giving up a deep the deep play and taking and erasing the uh, opposing team's number one receiving option, and we are not doing that. So either t- you got to tweak the system, you got to make some type of change. Uh, whatever you are doing, Brandon Staley, with this defense it is not working. Um, the offense has been bailing you out. You're lucky that we've been close in these games, but this pass defense. The run defense we could talk about later, but the pass defense, what's supposed to be your strength? Um, I, it's hardly a defense. Um, we and it doesn't make sense. Up. They had so doesn't. like it's it's the consistency aspect of it, right? They they right. finished the game with twenty six pressures and six sacks. That should just kill an offense right there. Tuli Tuukulotu, oh my Tuli. gosh, he needs Big to be fans. a starter. I need him over either Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa right now because. The way he is playing, he's playing. He had a couple more games like that, dude. That's like all pro level status. Like he had the he, best, best game of any pass rusher in the NFL. I know, like the the big name right now. I keep hearing is is Garrett. I, I didn't get to see Garrett play, but I'm I'm willing to bet that Tuli had a better game. He had three sacks. Not nah, he's on fire. He's he's gaining momentum. Um, and he's playing with like the right type of energy. He's making an impact. Uh, I, I I love Khalil. I love Joey. I am not seeing their their fingerprints on this. Like the Joey Bosa sacks, I feel like are a lot more. Cr- He's been getting there, so I'll, I'll give him that. But a lot of his, I feel like, are been been just wrapping up the mess of what the interior pressure in that that 
what Thule's doing on the other end there. Um, I just get a little more energy, a little more spark right now from Thule's minutes. Not taking anything away. I just think it is about time that uh, a veteran rotation of Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa while letting the young guy shine who's He's outplaying both of them right now, I think, so far. This he season. is. Um, so you got to run with the hot hand. And I think the rotation of letting Khalil and Joey take, um, you know, less snaps, keeping them fresh, I think that's going to benefit both of them. It's going to benefit this defense. Um, if we continue to pressure the quarterback like that, it's going to alleviate a little bit of that pressure on that the, the, the back end. Um, but it's all about putting it together. I can't have my D-line – I can't have my first two units – doing their job and then everybody in the secondary not um i can't have everybody clicking for two quarters and then fall asleep in the third quarter pick it up in the and the in you know the second quarter um the first half of the fourth quarter and then just get lu- i thought we got lucky um i thought we i want to get lucky but no we absolutely did get lucky the with yeah, the, we did. the lack of of uh i don't know urgency at that that last play um and Neiman, I thought played played it well, but that was such a rush uh, that I I didn't think it should. I thought we lost that game in, in that moment. So being able to take a deep breath, close my eyes, and oh, and wake with the Chargers up four points at the end of regulation um, was honestly a, a, a dream come true because I did not see that happening. And I think in most cases, you you kind of punt the ball at the end of the game there, right? Like they have one timeout. You got like a little over a minute left. But I'm also okay with it because if you're going to be aggressive, be aggressive, right? Be consistent with your play calling. Yeah. But you're running a dive. So you got less less of a, a running head start with with uh, Joshua Kelly. You have a 6'6", 245-pound quarterback and everyone in the league is doing this Reggie Bush push. Like, yeah. go ahead and put Will Clapp at fullback and, and Jordan McFadden next to him and just get that extra yard. I don't like the play call there, especially with Justin Herbert having the game that he had. Yeah, I, I get you lose Mike Williams, but, like, if you're going to do it, like, that's not the play call. That's the only gripe I had was, like, that's – you're going to run a fullback dive for a guy who never lines up at fullback. You're going to shorten the, the – runway for him to go and get to that and then you know that the defense is crowded in right there yeah i don't I agree think, with it i think they got four guys four guys within within in, in between both of the tackles like that so you're crowded i i thought it was a perfect opportunity for like a traditional more like a traditional rpo uh because herbert was making some some plays and i just i thought the option I would like to have a little more options in in, in that final play. If you're going to, if that's what you're going to go for, go for it. But uh, I'm with you on on the play call. I didn't love it. I would have liked an an option where, um, well, a play where there was multiple options to go to like an RPO, which I, I I think Justin Herbert would have made the right decision there. I think he would have. And I think the other thing that we haven't figured out yet, Joshua Kelly does not convert those. More times than not, historically, he's not a speaking, short yardage bait back. No, he's a he's a one cut back, but we like to use him like the short yardage back. And I get yeah. he's a bigger guy, but he's not he's not that guy, right? He's not Mike Allstott. Like that's not who he is, and we want to use him like that. He's not a two hundred forty pound running back who's 
going to Brandon Jacobs his way through whatever's in the line there and get that yard. That's just not what he's done. And historically speaking, how many times have we seen him come up short on those short yarded situations time and time and time again? Yeah. I can't really think of um, a conversion. Too many conversions. And I mean, we did the same thing with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon would fumble going into and, and lose the game that way. But still, I, I don't like I like Josh uh Joshua Kelly. I don't like him as a short yardage back. I just I don't like it. Well, and if you want a short yardage back, you also got a, a 6'1, 220-pound rookie, uh, who I think is a lot more physical of a guy who's just not even getting the chance. Um I, I really don't understand why Isaiah Spiller with with Eckler being out um isn't getting any type of play. Like I know that they really like it and impressive with Elijah Dotson. Uh, I just think Spiller's a little bigger. I think he's going to take a little more wind out of uh, guys, even if he's getting a one or two yards. I, and he's I would like to he's, see a little. He's so shifty. I want to get him rolling because I still see him as our future. Like he's going to be our number one back next year. Like there's no doubt about it. No, um, I, I, I'm not saying move away from Kelly. I, I love the one-two punch that him and Eckler uh, possess. I think a little part of it, too, like Eckler is, even with his size, is really good in those small, uh, you know, inch yard-to-go situations. Um, but if you want to mix it up, like don't – Kelly's on such a roll doing what he's doing as that change of pace back, that one cut and go um, type of running style he has. If you want to develop a, a second option on the goal line or, or those short yardages, you, you got a guy who has hasn't shown you that he can't do it um, and hasn't been given an opportunity to prove himself. Joshua Kelly, I think, has shown us that he's not a guy to rely on in that situation. Um, not saying he doesn't have value, just not in that situation. Through the first three games of the season, he was a healthy scratch for week one. They decided to run with Elijah Dotson. Week two, he played four total snaps. And week three, he played 16 snaps. And at that, I think he only got like one or two carries. Yeah, he didn't get Which is fine because that was, wasn't the game plan anyways. We're just not utilizing our fourth-round draft pick from last year. We're using J- JT Woods, who played similar snaps to him. But we're not giving, with, with Austin Eckler out, him coming back potentially this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, got... He returned to practice this week, yeah. so that's something to talk about. Big and Isaiah Spiller is what another healthy scratch next week. Well, like, what's what's the plan with Isaiah Spiller here? Like, he got some game reps during the preseason. We saw some good things from him. Broke yeah. a you know a sixty yard touchdown that got called back for a holding penalty, but he broke that uh, and he played pretty well in the preseason. Why are we not? Why did we give Elijah Dotson the run before we gave Isaiah Spiller? I, I, I'm, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think it, ha- I can't even start to think out what it is that, um, what's holding this, this charger coaching staff back besides that they are very conservative with young guys. Um, y- when the opportunity presents himself, you got to give the guy a chance. Uh, there's no other bodies. Um, so, yeah. And this was a with good opportunity. You had two weeks to, to see what I you got so. in him. 
Yeah. Let's move back to the defensive side of the ball. I do want to talk about a couple other players. Aloe Gilman had two strips. Two sacks. Yeah. Like not sacks, but strips. Like he he fumbled, forced fumbles, right? He had two of them. One of them was was a legitimate one, like we got it. But then they called back the other one with no whistle. Like, what are we doing here, refs? Like, no, that was Gilman, I think, has been the most consistent player for us this year outside of Thule on defense. Um, and he's playing like he wants a new contract and he's going to get one. I don't know if he's going to be us, but he's playing with a lot to play for. And Gilman has got his whole new crew now. He's got, he's got a big following and a little, little cult following. Yeah. The, the, the Gilman squad. He, but he's playing but, really well this season. He is. And, and you know, letting having Nas retire, uh, that experiment never <laughs> really worked out. Go, going from, you know, third on the depth chart right into a starting role, we needed loads to step up and have a career year, and that's exactly what he's putting together. Um, similar to the Thule, he is one of the most energetic, one of the most impactful players, uh, I think, on this team right now. He is on an absolute roll. We need more guys to catch up to his energy because um, that stuff is contagious. I don't see enough of that, uh, the Thule, the 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 low type of energy. Um, and I'm hoping these the youth can keep rolling, keep it energetic, and get the, the, the vets going too because I, I have seen very little emotion from – from Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, the leaders of this team. So young guys, I think, are, are are really holding their ground. They're really carrying us right now. It's time to get the vets rolling too, because uh, that's because that's when the, the, this that's when this defense is really going to come together. Um, and so I'm excited to see that. I don't think we've even touched the 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 tip of uh, our potential. And a lot of these young guys are, are coming in and making a lot of big plays. I, I feel like Kenneth Murray is starting to, to shine a He's little bit. Shining. He he won a game for us. Like legitimately, he yep. won that game for us. He he I still think he struggles a little bit in pass coverage, but he's playing a lot more downhill and he's playing control. Yeah. Like he's not I feel like he would overrun so many plays last year and in years past. Now that he's like coming up, he's making some big tackles. He's making tackles that push the running back or the ball carrier backwards, right? He's not just grab and drag. He's he's being physical, uh, and he's being where he needs to be. He's hitting gaps. He's hitting them fast. He's using that athleticism. I feel like this is the year that he's finally started developing into, into like a really quality player. Another player is probably going to sign a, a nice contract next season elsewhere. Uh, really like what I'm seeing from him, and I feel like the swag is there now, like – I feel like he had the swag last year, but he had no reason to have swag because he just wasn't playing well. And in years past, I feel like this year is starting to come together. You're starting to see him kind of doing this, you know, throwing his shoulders forward after he makes a big <laughs> hit. He's a he's really playing like a dog. K9 is 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 been a dog. And you know, he won us this game this week and he's made a couple key tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He's playing much better. No, and I thought he even played really well. Um last week with Eric Hendricks out of the lineup. Uh weren't able to pull that one off, but um K9 was definitely a reason that we, we were we had a shot there at the end. He was targeted 10 times and he gave up nine receptions. So there's still <laughs> a lot of improvement to, to be yeah. had there. But purely as a guy who's stopping the run, I feel like he's he's doing it at a much higher rate. 
I still think we're giving way too much yardage on the ground. I I I, I worried about this last year because or this season because last year we weren't good. This year we're running it back with the same exact squad. Mm-hmm. Minus Drew Tranquil, minus Eric Kendricks, because he's been out of the lineup the last two weeks. So my question was always, hey, we're running it back with the same guys. What makes us think we're going to be any better? So far this season, I don't think we we look like we've made very many ch- and, and improvements in the run defense. We've gone real negative in the past defense. We'll talk about that in a sec. What do, do we need to do? to get better against the run defense. Alexander Madison was terrible the first two weeks of the season, and he had the best game of probably his career, taking all those snaps at a team that really was struggling to figure it out, and the Chargers just can't fix the run defense issues. I, I don't know what 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 is the reason for it. I, I don't know. Is it assignments? Yeah. Is it physicality? I'm starting to think like, all of the things that 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 Staley wants to do, I feel like is getting kind of just lost in the sauce. Like, because you'll have a great play, everyone knows their assignment, and then the next play, we're giving up 15 yards uh, on a very similar look, a very similar play. Um, that inconsistency to me is telling me guys are lost. Guys aren't able to play fast. Like we're seeing on the other side of things, Kellen Moore is simplifying uh, Justin Herbert's reads. He's simplifying the run game. I think there needs to be a little that give in Staley's system because I think guys are three years in and they're still not getting it. They're still – Sebastian Joseph Day is getting blown off of the line of scrimmage. He's not in the right place. And this guy's been playing in Staley's defense for longer than three years. So I think it's about time – to make an adjustment, let's simplify this down. Let's find some bread and butter, similar to what Kellen Moore wanted to do at the run game. I think you're seeing it. You start small. You have to have a foundation to build upon. And right now, I just think we have so many scattered pieces that the 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 foundation is just sinking through all of that. We need to kind of shrink up, get something that we're good at, and then you build off of that. Because right now, we're not good at anything. Defensively, it's been terrible. I mean, Alexander Madison had 20 carries for 93 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. Chargers gave up 130 yards on the ground. This isn't anything new for any of us. This is very normal. And what eats at me the most, Brandon Staley, what got him hired as a head coach was his defense, right? His being that that uh, defensive guru. You know, everybody talks about it. I'm in this uh, fantasy football league. Uh, it's a $200 league where we've got, um, you know, 53-man roster, offense, defense, pretty in-depth. Um, and for whatever reason, like, somebody asked me uh, about Brandon Staley on the hot speed and him being, you know, a, a defensive-minded genius. And I'm like, I don't know if he's a defensive-minded genius because he hasn't fixed the issues. He's in year three of this defense. He's installed the p- personnel that he wants. On this defense, he's had three years, and he didn't make any changes from last year to this year. The Chargers have the highest bankroll when it comes to defensive players. That's ridiculous. Which is insane because we have the bottom 28 defense is what I'll call it right now, if not the bottom. Based off of the total yardage allowed, we've given up more yards than any other team. 
We gave up 130 yards on the ground and 367 through the air. That's damn near 500 yards that we gave up. That's I mean, we, week in and week out. We're just allowing 500-yard games. We let Tannehill look like a superstar, and even with his game against us, he's still the second-worst uh, passer uh, completion percentage. So the second-worst quarterback as far as accuracy absolutely torched us. Um, it, and it, won it, them a game. He absolutely did. Uh, you can't let Tannen, Ryan Tannehill – beat you no aj brown in town like that that is is honestly embarrassing and i hope i hope those guys are embarrassed because as a fan that was just that was just embarrassing to watch i i'm almost like do we do we does he need to hand off those play calling duties and talk in and i I feel like he kind of needs to he hasn't shown to be able to to do it at a high level a lot of fans are calling for his ass. I'm not going to lie. They want him gone. And I like Brandon Saylor. I like the personality. I even like the defensive scheme and, and what it's trying to do. Yeah. But him calling the shots there, it's not working. I think we need a change. And I think if he doesn't make that change, it's going to cost him his job. I really do. I really like Brandon Staley a lot. I like how I, – I feel like he is really smart. I feel like when you hear him talk about football – you know, and he's talking about leverage and he's talking about how this expresses that. Like, I think that he understands the game, but I think we're also seeing that it's not what he's doing isn't working and a change needs to happen. If it doesn't happen, it's going to cost him his job. I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, he he needs a little help as far as the responsibility, because I think you see year one. Our defense was really a strength of ours. It really dug us out of some holes. It was part of the reason he was so comfortable going for it on fourth and one. In the secondary, yeah. Right. Well, because, yeah, our our secondary was bailing us out, um, which was, you know, and you saw some of those defensive schemes really come to light. Um, The second, but what was his problem first year? Clock management, like the head coaching duties, play calling, uh, the decision making. The second year, I thought we saw significant progress, but then an absolute drop-off as far as the defensive play calling the scheme, getting people in the right place. So it's to me, you could do one or the other. You've proven you can't do both. Admit, I think a big part of leadership is admitting you need some help. If he can't do that, I don't want him as the leader of my football team. Now, I like the guy. I like the energy that he's brought. I like that. He is not a Norv Turner, uh, Mike McCoy uh, walkover. Um, he he can speak his mind, and he's going to stand on what he believes in. I love that. It's time to be a leader, and I think what this football team needs is an interjection of uh, of leadership at the defensive coordinator position. Divvy up some duties. It's not a knock on you. It, it, I think, would be a very, very mature thing for him to do, and I would be all back in his corner. It's time to make a change. Be the leader that you say you are, Brandon Staley, and, and let's get a DC to help you out. Closing remarks on this game, Zach, before we move on to the Raiders game. Um, We're lucky, but I don't really care about luck. We finished with a win. Thank you. We're one and two. Uh, it's time to get to two and two and even this thing out. We will be in the building. So let's talk about some Raider football. Well, let's talk about it. So we're going to be at the game. 
Every year I take Zach to a game. We're also going to the Green Bay game. We'll talk about that yeah. in week 12 or 14 or whatever that is. Um, but, hey, the Raiders, this is an important matchup. Both teams are one and two. Yeah. They are technically second in the AFC West. Uh, Chargers have the better roster. The issue is going to be the injuries. Both mm-hmm. both teams have dealing with some injuries. I think the Chargers are a little more beat up. We just put uh, Mike Williams on IR. Again, I think we have the depth to overcome that, but there's a lot of other guys banged up. Joey Bosa is dealing with a hamstring and a toe injury. He did not practice. Gerald Everett div- dealing with some sort of illness, did not practice. Beloy Gilman did not practice for a heel injury. Derwin James had that huge wrap on his hamstring, uh, didn't finish the game. He did not practice. Corey Lindsley, Khalil Mack, and Kenneth Murray all dealing with some sort of injury. Um, Khalil Mack, not injury-related, it's rest, but, uh, you know, veteran veteran day, it looks like. Uh, limited participants from Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler finally practices for the first time in two weeks. Eric Kendricks is limited. Looks like he's going to be back. And then Rayshon Slater is dealing with an ankle injury as well. He did practice. No issues there. For the Raiders side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice dealing with a concussion. We may see Aiden O'Connell, something to monitor. Um, Aiden O'Connell look, has looked better than, than advertised for a fourth-round draft pick or whatever he was. Uh, they're missing uh, nothing major. Max Crosby is dealing with an injury. He was a limited participant. Roderick Teamer, who is a former Charger, dealing with Achilles limited practice. I don't know who Ja'Korian Bennett or Curtis Bolton is. Um, we are banged up. We've got some injuries kind of all over the roster. Uh, it looks like we're going to be getting some some of that back. Um, what are your kind of your key matchups that you're looking at from this Raiders team? How bad are they really? Uh, and then I want to hear you talk just about the decision of Mike McDaniel to go f- kick a field goal with a minute left on the five yard line on fourth down instead of down eight instead of like going for it. What a crazy, stupid decision. <laughs> no. Um, and it, it, all I could do is laugh. Um, all, all I could do is laugh because I have seen this charger football team make, if not stupider, just as stupid decisions. So um, watching a division rival do it, um, a team like the Raiders whose fan base was, Oh, Super Bowl bound, Super Bowl bound after one week. Um, you know, you've dropped two in, in true Raider fashion. Um, the Raiders are the Raiders. And I think the thing is what makes this rivalry fun is even when we're really good and they're really bad, this matchup is is tight. And even when, when the roles are reversed, when they were going to the Super Bowl and we were trash, this matchup is always tight. So, I'm ready to get back to the years where this was an automatic win for us. Um, I think the key is let's give let's end that trend of 120 plus yard receiver. I think Devontae Adams is an absolute stud. He is frustrated because he has a guy even worse than Derek Carr now throwing him the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo has been horrible. 64 completions for 94 attempts 709 yards on the year five touchdowns he's thrown six interceptions so that josh jacobs is also on a kind of uh not a great trajectory right now i think they're only averaging um like 61 yards on on the ground um 
I, my matchup there is slow down Devontae Adams. He needs to be the emphasis as far as this pass defense and get after Jimmy because Jimmy likes to fold just like Derek Carr, and Jimmy's going to throw you some uh, interceptions if you get after him. If Jimmy can't go because of the concussion protocol, you got a rookie. You got a rookie or Brian Hoyer. Either one of those guys needs to be harassed. I thought our pressure from last game was tremendous. Like to keep that going into uh, next season. Um, defensively, got to slow down Max Crosby. It was, it was one of the best. Uh, he might be a little banged up, um, but still really, really uh, respect that guy. Aiden O'Connell, I think, might actually get the start. Um, I know Brian Hoyer is ahead of him on the depth chart. This is a, a game for them where Jimmy's out. Uh, I think you give the nod to Aiden O'Connell. He played really, really well in the preseason. He played really, really well. I kept seeing his name pop up all over the place. I I, I get the understanding of putting Brian Hoyer. Your season's not lost if you lose this game. It was lost week one. So you might as well put in Aiden O'Connell and see what you got in the quarterback to see if he's the future there. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really look at their roster too much. Um Josh Jacobs is only averaging 2.4 yards per carry. So he's a non-factor for them so far early in the season. Uh, so far this year, he's got 45 carries for 108 yards. So through three games, 2.4 yards per carry, no touchdowns. His longest rush this season is only 10 yards. He has been a factor as a receiver, 10 receptions, 92 yards. Um, hasn't put the ball on the ground, not really his M.O., but the Raiders are just not getting him involved. And really, their whole situation looks like a wreck. I mean, Devontae Adams came out and said some pretty yeah. shicey stuff about his head coach. Him and his head coach are just not getting along right now. This is year two of the Mike, uh, Josh McDaniels era. And Josh McDaniels, when you lose, when you lose the respect of your best player on your offense, the rest of the team eventually follows suit. I know Josh Jacobs was already having issues with his contract. They ended up working out a one-year deal. So they have already didn't get the practice with Josh Jacobs all season. Devontae Adams has that issues with the chemistry with the head coach. The rest of the team is eventually just going to follow suit. This team is really headed toward kind of a bad year. I think it's going to end in Josh McDaniels losing his job. Um, and I, I kind of like Josh McDaniels. I liked him when he was with Denver. I thought that they kind of gave up on him too quick when they really were struggling to find a quarterback. Um, Josh McDaniels, like he made helped make Tom Brady, Tom Brady for the entirety of Tom Brady's career. 90, 80% of Brady's career was with Josh McDaniels calling the shots. He's not a bad coach. He's in a bad situation with an ownership that hates their draft picks. Uh, and hates the type of players that he wants to bring to this team, and he just brings the worst kind of guys in. I mean, this team is just – they're laughable at some of the decision-making they make, but you have to give them credit because they always play us tight. Every year, I feel like we drop at least one. Every year, they just – they don't look like a good team every year, and somehow they're always better than we imagine. They just squeak it out. They end up finishing 7-7, seven and 8-8, seven, eight and eight, whatever – Whatever 500 is, they're kind of always in the playoff hunt, and they end up losing it at the end. Um, this is not a good team. They don't have the players to really be competitive. They've lost every first-round draft pick that I can think of going back to, you know, 2018 or whatever it is. They've got some players, 
Max Crosby is a phenomenal pass rusher. Devontae Adams is a phenomenal wide receiver. Quarterback, I still like Jimmy Garoppolo as a game manager. I don't, I don't think he is. He's Derek Carr. He's the same quarterback uh, who just can't stay healthy to save his – he just he can't. Uh, and I think they drafted his replacement. And I really like their running back. I, I think that they got a good team, like players-wise. Like they have the, the high-end talent. They lack the depth and they lack coming together as a team and figuring things out. Cohesiveness. They really lack that. And I think they lack some leadership. Yeah. Um, I just don't see a team. I just see a, yeah, a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys who are athletic and, and good at football. Um, I think you nailed it. Devontae Adams saying what he said, like, that carries a lot of weight around the locker room. Um, this offensive line, I think we were talking about it at the beginning of the year. I thought it was horrible last year, and they did very, very little. Well, they, they tried to address it. I just didn't think it was going to help. And um, so far, three weeks in, I don't think that unit has improved at all. Um, they're just one of those teams that it, it, it seems like with how they, they stick around, they just stick around. So I'll say what I'll say is there's something powerful about everybody doubting you, having no expectations. You get to play free, you get to play fast, and you know everyone likes the 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 underdog story. And so I do like that they are able to be, you know, what everyone hates us. Well, because everyone does hate you, um, but them being their, their resilience is something I always respect. Um, but it, it's time. It's time to primed. It's time to embarrass these guys. I think we come on every year waiting for this matchup um, because the, the the matchups on paper are just so much in the Chargers' favor. It, it, it's time to go and establish and, and show these guys that that we are better. Um, run them out of the building early on. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of uh, rowdy Raider fans in the building. I want them to be dead quiet come uh, the second half of the second quarter. Um, that's my goal. This is is a, their roster compared to our roster. That should be the outcome. It's time to get on, uh, build some momentum. We squeaked one out last year or last week. Let's put it all together and actually go win a game, uh, not just get handed one. Um, Raiders would be a great opponent to do it. It is the first uh, divisional game um, and the first time uh, Chargers have come back to SoFi in a couple weeks. So, all positives, in my opinion. I'm looking at the PFF. I'm looking at their their uh, pressures allowed. They've only allowed 20 pressures this season. They've only allowed four sacks. To give you an idea, we I think we had more pressures just last week than they've had in the entire season. They've only given up four sacks. I think this offensive line is kind of underrated. I think that because they're a bunch of no-names, you know, Jermaine Illuminor, um, uh, Dylan Parham, Greg Van Rotten. These are just guys that are like, I guess, quality backups is what I would have expected them to be, but they're cohesive. They're not giving up any room for, for the running game, but they're not giving up sacks. They're not giving up pressures. Chargers had like no pressures week one. Like they, they, they just could not get the two at all. Over the last two weeks, I feel like they've built some confidence. I think that Thule has come out like Thule has had half the number of pressures in one game that this team has given up all season. 
Julius is easily the first quarter uh, MVP uh, of this defense. Um, the, the dude has been exceeding all expectations. As a rotational player. That I think you could have for a rotational player. And he is putting it on the coaching staff. This guy is demanding more snaps. I think we've seen an uh, increase in snaps um, every game so far. And the, the, the guy has earned it. Um, keep that momentum up. Stay healthy. Build off of that. That's all you could hope for for the future of that that position. And if I'm if I'm if I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm just gonna run the ball a lot. I don't think that my quarterback is going to be healthy. I don't think that he's going to pass concussion protocol. I think I'm going to run the ball 30, 40 times and do some play action off of it. Give Aiden O'Connell some confidence boosters by throwing balls out into the flat and just like play the the old school. Eye formation, throw to your fullback in the flats when you're not actually running in, and you're gonna have success because the Chargers can't stop on those bleak. They they uh they're really struggling to to every year they just can't get their run defense figured out. And I think that you've got Josh Jacobs, you've got a weak run defense that you're going up against, and you need to get that on track for your own confidence. And why would you not do that against the Chargers? That would be my game plan for any team any day of the week against the Chargers is just run the ball, run the ball, play physical up front, and you're going to make the game close because every team has been doing that against the Chargers. So that's probably going to be their game plan coming in. And I think that you've got better players on the defensive line than the Raiders do have on the offensive line. But I still think they're going to go for 125 at least. So I think that's going to be their kind of game plan. Like, why would you not do that against the Chargers? Well, especially with um, the fact that we, now we put it on tape. When when we are facing a run-heavy team, this secondary creeps. Um, they abandon their technique. They abandon uh, respecting the deep part of the field, and you've seen it every game so far this year. We have been torched with that lack of discipline. So why not? Uh, we've shown it. We put it on tape. We are consistent with that. It, it, you would be, I think, a, a, a stupid football mind to not attack that weakness. And, you know, they're going to take some shots deep because the Chargers have been beat deep. Chargers defense is just so bad right now. And, yeah. yeah. And with all the injuries, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, I I would like I would love to say something uh positive about that unit besides um the individual performance we've seen from Thule, but they don't deserve it. Um they've been horrible. Um what the good part of be- being horrible, you've got a lot of room to improve. So um <laughs> take let's take some positive got, steps. Yeah, you can it's only go up if you're last, you can only get better. Positive you outlook. You can't get right? worse than last. Hey, I'm at sales training. And it's all about uh, positive outlooks. <laughs> uh, defensively, Max Crosby is their defensive leader. He's currently leading the NFL in total pressures right now. Uh, another fun statistic while I'm just kind of looking at it, Thule is actually second in total sacks this season Let's right go. now. Let's go. Uh, but their defensive star, their guy, it's, it's Max Crosby. He's an animal. I love Max Crosby. I, I like his story. I like how he plays. I he, He's just a fun, great player to watch and, you know, just a good personality through and through. 
Uh, this week, I fucking hate him. So, so let's get him. Like, let's just find a way to to not make Max Crosby be a factor in this game because the rest of the defense just really isn't that good. I really feel like Tyree Wilson has been a major disappointment for the first three games of the season. Uh, kind of been a, a non-factor for them this season. Uh, player that was drafted sixth overall, I want to say something like that. Um, and so far this season, he's just not been a relevant part of their defense, which really sucks for them because I feel like they were really relying on him to be a, a major uh, emphasis for them. Uh, so far this season, he has a total of one pressure. That's it. He's got he's got a single pressure through three games as a starter, and that's in 81 total snaps. So they got to get him figured out. They got to get him moving. Um, they have Isaac Rochelle there, been a non-factor, no pressures through three games. It's just been Max Crosby doing all the work. So got to figure out what they're doing on the defensive line. Um, and it, it just doesn't look good for them right now. No other player has more than five pressures on that defensive line. It's Jerry Tillery. He's got three. I just want to throw that out there just because hey. throwing some jabs. Well, and um... – for a unit that's that's struggling getting after the quarterback, creating pressure, uh, they have a young man that they're going up against to uh, up against on Sunday named Rayshon Slater, who's top ten in, in snaps so far this year, two hundred fourteen, only two penalties. I don't think he's allowed a pressure. I know no sacks. Um, very few pressures in two hundred fourteen snaps. That's exactly what we drafted him for. Um, and coming back from that bicep injury, he has looked like he hasn't missed a beat. Um, and so happy to have that guy out here wearing the the powder blue, uh, playing Charger football. Because you get you you kind of forget, uh, especially when some a lineman is doing a good job, you kind of just take it for granted. You don't you forget about it. Uh, but that's something when you are able to forget about. Um, an offensive lineman, I think that's what you want. You kind of remember them when they get called for holding penalties, when they're getting beat, giving up sacks. Um, the fact that Rayshon Slater is really on on a low radar, I, I think just speaks to his game so far this season. And um, I think he's going to absolutely give it to the radio. That, that'll be a tough matchup. They haven't been playing well, um, and they're, playing, they're going up against one of the best pass-blocking tackles uh, so far this season. He's given up an average of one pressure a game. That is it. Just one pressure. He's going to give in in 40 dropbacks. He's going to allow one pressure. They're going to line up Max Crosby against Trey Pipkins. That's what I would do. He's given up six pressures. Not like terrible, right? Two pressures a a game. There's, there's worse teams, worse players out there. So Trey Pipkins has been holding his own. He was worse. He's he was the worst player uh not too long ago. So his his progression has been fun to watch. Um he he really was the absolute worst. There are <laughs> players right now who have already given up. There are 10 players who've given up more than 10 pressures so far this season. Jerry uh not Jerry Tillery, um Trey Pipkins, six. That's that's better than average. Six puts him tied 26 with Garrett Bowles, Charles Leno, Jake Matthews, that's pretty good. Braden Smith, that's pretty good place to be at in terms of total pressures given up. 
He's given up two sacks. Yeah, I get it. He's only been flagged once. Trey Pickett has been playing pretty well this season. Yeah. Um, you can tell he's been playing well because we haven't had to talk to him once since the season started. All good things. All good things. I also so, say, uh, I think, and we, we kind of glanced over it, uh, but with all of that pressure uh, last week, um, I think an under, very underrated part of Josh Kelly's game, uh, and Eckler too, but he wasn't there, uh, is being able to help in pass protection. Uh, I think a lot of that goes to the the the, the unit up front. Joshua Kelly has been phenomenal in pass but protection, by the way. Kelly is great in that position. Um, and I thought he was a real big part of the fact that, that Justin Herbert was protected, uh, was able to get off the ball, and was so efficient. So uh, credit to that offensive line, but Joshua Kelly should, should definitely get a shout-out because uh, – because he could definitely impact that phase of the game. And then even if you look at our interior of our line, um, Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson, they just went up against two of the best interior pass rushers. Titans probably have one of the best uh, interior pass rush duos. Um, I can't think of their names right now. Going back-to-back on, on both of those guys, and they've only given up five and six pressures so far this season. Uh, that's not really bad company to be in um, considering who they played to start the year. The, the Dolphins, um, Zach Seiler, and uh, what's the guy that they just gave the massive contract to? The Dolphins? Yeah. And well, Jeffrey Simmons in, in Tennessee, and then they got their guys there. The Dolphins uh, depth chart. One second. So they played Jeffrey C- Simmons to start the season, and they Christian played Wilkins? Christian Wilkins. And through both of those two players who are probably the two, I would say both of those guys are top five at their position. Like those guys are really, really good players. Game records. And they've given up minimal pressures. That's The offensive line has been playing pretty well. I think they've, they've cracked under pressure in key moments in the game. You're talking about the – the sacks at the end of the Titans game that yeah. really lost in the game. That was interior pressure. And then they, they kind of cracked a little bit toward the end of the, uh, the Dolphins game. Um, outside of those two situations, they more than been more than fine. And I don't think that they're going to have any issue with the interior pressure of the Raiders who they've struggled to get pressure early on this season. I think that there's not going to be any issue in the Chargers manhandling the defensive line, minus Max Crosby making his. I say he's going to get maybe two sacks and five pressures, which is going to be a good day for him. Yeah. Um, and and they're going to do it in different ways. They're going to stunt him. He's going to get into the face of Justin Herbert. But there should be no reason that the Chargers deal with any interior pressure no. because Jerry Taylor is going to be leading that charge. No. Um. I think Max Crosby should de- should get the 2021 Joey Bosa treatment when he had no help. Like what? I'm putting him some bodies over there. Chipping and I am, him. I am running chipping him exact- so much. Yeah, chipping, and I'm not running his way. So, I he's really the only person I really really respect on that defense. Um, I think the offense has not been the problem. So, getting out early, bearing these guys away, having them have to abandon the run early, which is probably going to be their game plan coming in. Um, this Charger offense is is up there. We're putting up points with the best of them. Um, it, 
So I, I don't have any worries that that we're going to be able to light up the scoreboard. Would love to see some long sustained drives, knock out those the the quick three and outs, keep the defense fresh and off the field. Um, I think will be huge. And, and so I'm excited to put it all together. Three phases. Let's go. Yeah, the only other player for them that I really see as as being like a genuinely good player on defense is going to be Nate Hobbs, who's going to be playing in the slot against Keenan Allen. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch. I think Nate Hobbs is further in his development in his third year. Player who really was like great as a a rookie. Um, so far, he's been the most targeted player for them. Twenty three of eighteen is he's given up eighteen receptions this year and twenty three targets for laptop throws for 125 yards keenan allen just had a 200 yard day (laughs) put that in in into your your thoughts and they don't have any interception so far this season uh justin herbert hasn't thrown interception yet this season i I believe um probably not going to change this week because this is not a good secondary their other guy's going to be marcus peters who hasn't been the same since he injured his knee with the ravens really been kind of a, a forgotten player who was a really good player to start his career. Um, they they really don't got much. That I, I would say they have a, a below-average linebacking core. Um, I, I just I don't know what we're going to be expecting from this team in terms of other leadership outside of Max Crosby. They really don't have any. Mm-hmm. Robert Spillane is a major disappointment. I know the linebacking group as a whole is something that, they, that a lot of fans were uh, worried about, Raiders fans were worried about. Jerry Tillery has a sub 50 PFF grade. Even PFF couldn't get that wrong. Uh, (laughs) I think that we blow this team out. Uh, I think that we blow out every team every week. It seems like but this is going to be the week that, that I'm really confident in that. What's up, bro? How you doing? Take it easy. James is out. Um, No, I'm excited for the, the Keenan Allen, uh, Nate Hobbs matchup that's going to be fun. Um, strength on strength is always cool to watch. I'm excited. I think that it, it sucks watching Mike Williams go down. Um, we were all super ecstatic for that guy. This is a really good secondary to have that number two now uh, emerge. Um, Jacorian Bennett, their fourth round pick, the rookie who wears double zero, gross. Uh, their other outside cornerback, uh, he's a little banged up. They have Amik Robertson, but he's more of a smaller guy. Uh, they have uh, Justin, David Long. Uh, Justin Herbert threw a touchdown. He, it's a, it's actually on our intro to, to Keenan Allen against um, Robertson. Yeah, so a, a little smaller guy, uh, so probably eight. a better fit for, for the slot. Uh, so maybe you see Nate Hobbs get clicked out. Either way. I'm excited for the potential of Josh Palmer uh, and QJ each to have a big day. The secondary is is not something to uh, really instill fear into an opponent. Um, so what a great time to figure those out. Who is going to step up as that number two receiver option? Yeah, we got Eckler. Uh, what we really need another receiver to step up. We got Darius. It's um, a great game for QJ. To have that breakout game, it's to prime. gain some confidence. In the back back at home, uh, uh, your first division game, uh, you're probably going to be thrown into the starting lineup. This is those those are the moments that you practice in the backyard when you're a kid. Like uh, he's had he has the uh, um, 
he's been to a national championship in college. It is now time to live the NFL dream. And the, the, the storylines here are as some of the best ones. And so it's time to go put it all together. I can't wait for uh, a Quentin Johnson emergence. I also think we might see, we, we could very well easily see a career day from uh, Josh Palmer, who I think has been progressing well. Um, now he's going to get a lot more of that target share. Um, so we'll, get, we'll it'll be exciting to see what, what he does with those extra looks. Final score. Uh, let's go. Austin Eckler's back in the lineup. 30-17, old-fashioned, ass-kicking. We're drinking beers and tequila. We'll be in there. Uh, 30-17, Chargers, 2-2. Two two. Let's go. I feel like the Chargers have been scoring some points. They just scored 28 points last week against uh, the Dolphins. They put up like 40 or something crazy like that. I'm going to go high. I'm going to say like 38. Uh, and I think that they get out into a lead. I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to look at. This is going to be a, a good old-fashioned blowout. 38-10. Yeah. Uh, they, they score on something stupid, some kind of fumble, return, touchdown, something something that they wouldn't have scored a touchdown otherwise in. 38-10. Good old fashioned ass kicking. We'll be drunk as shit in the stands yelling at Raider fans because we know that they're going to be out there. Every game they show up strong, and that just gives me more people to sh- to talk shit to. So I'm I'm here for it. Let's go, Chargers, thirty eight ten. All right, thank you guys so much for listening, Zach. I'll see you at the game, and let's, let's go, go and have some fun this weekend. Oh, I wanted to bring it up, just. Kind of want to throw it out there. So this weekend, I'm opening up my yoga studio with my wife. I'm super stoked. This has been a project we've been working on for six months. The Balanced Yogi is up and running. We're put together. I spent last weekend installing floors, uh, putting everything up, unboxing stuff. I filled up an entire huge trash can full of nothing but cardboard boxes. We are open. Cool. Good deal. Now I can close it. Thanks, man. (laughs) The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Pressure, throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. High pass. Did Williams make that catch? My goodness. For a first down, Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. Keenan Allen for the touchdowns. Throws, and again it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another one. Watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely 